this evil man with the panty face. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Walk on, smoke on. They banned this person from Facebook and YouTube. Lots of weed. Let's blame it on the weed, everybody. Sounds about right. Blaming it on the weed? They always blame it on the weed. I mean, what else are you going to blame, right? Themselves. I blame it on the weed for all the bowlers in the bowl. How are you guys doing? It is Tuesday once again, but not just any Tuesday. It's a special token Tuesday. Happy Solstice. Happy Solstice, bowlers. December 21st, 2021. Of course, I'm Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And uh, I can almost say my own name. Almost. After 123 episodes. Not too bad. Just blame it on the weed. I do blame it on the weed. Let's blame it on the weed, everybody. We Definitely. have, and we shall, and we will continue yeah, to why, blame it on the weed. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Happy Everybody. solstice. Happy uh, 2112 rush day. Yes. Yeah. The longest night plus the rush day. The longest night. Yeah. And uh, all the angel numbers in the date. Yeah. It's a fantastic uh, fantastic opportunity. Plus this is for episode. For for magic numbers, for all that good stuff. This is episode 123, 123. Fantastic. And it's the Christmas show. Because Christmas is this weekend. Yeah, Christmas. Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday. I love a weekend Christmas, don't you? Oh, me too. That's the best. It all lines up. It is the best. But who else is the best? The bowlers are the best. They are. uh, Before we get rocking and rolling, we always pause, put the brakes on. And thank everybody who puts this wonderful little thing together and makes it happen every week. We are a value for value show. That means that we sit down, we do the show every Tuesday. We try to put together special bowls with buds episodes for you intermittently just to uh, jam even more value in there for you. And we put it all in an RSS feed that's accessible from any podcasting app. No paywalls, no ad reads, uh... Just us and you, the producers. And so that's why it's important that we sit down and we thank everybody. Uh, We also turned on the Helipad app from Dave Jones. So live boosts are in play and we're kind of, we're still playing with how that's going to work or how it's going to look or sound. Uh, You can pew us if you're listening live. You can also chat with us in the bowl. If you go to bowlafterbowl.com and click on listen live, that'll take you right to it. Or if you're a IRC veteran, you can just navigate over to irc.zeronode.net and go in the bowl after bowl channel. Pound bowl after bowl. It is on the same IRC chan- uh, IRC server, I should say, that uh, all your favorite shows are on. Shows like Hog Story, Behind the Schemes, Abs in the Six Pack, No Agenda, maybe you've heard of it, Rare Encounter, Ozarks After Dark, the Lotus Podcast, Meet Us Pod, 
I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Nick the Rat. I'm sure I still miss somebody despite my best efforts. We're all in there in the IRCs. So come chat away, troll away, bowl away with us. It's always a grand time. All right, all right, all right. Uh, we're going to get to the money now. Cause, uh, yeah, I like money, though. Starting off with our top executive producer, Reverend Cyber Trucker. Woo! Thanks, Rev. He's coming at us with 42 bucks. And he's got a note course. He says, 420 dimes. Keep token, 420 dimes. Thank you, Rev. Yeah, thanks, Rev. Does a lot for the bull. Not only is he a regular producer uh, with his treasure, he also produces the Metal Moment every week. And we're excited to listen to the last Holly Jolly Metal Moment here tonight, later on, coming up in the show. So thank you, Reverend Cyber Trucker, for all you do for us. We very much appreciate it. Coming in next uh, with $33 this is the one and only Net Ned. Yeah, Net Ned, thank you. Coming in just before the top of the hour. All right, magic number. Merry Christmas, bowlers. Hope your holiday... I'm just reading. Hope your holiday are wonderful and filled with bowls and spliffs. And have a happy nude year. <laughs> yes. With a little colon parenthesis smiley face. Net Ned, you're the man. Love it. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the value for value. Next up, we got Phoenix. Woo, Phoenix. Phoenix sent us 10 buckaroonies. And she says, here's a bonation in honor of someone special. Do we have a bonation? I think we have a... Oh, yeah. Thank you for the bonation. Thank uh, you. Also, don't forget to tune into the Lotus Podcast with Phoenix, that's me, and Phone Boy on Saturdays. At 5 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, in the bowl, and love you mean it. I think. Is that, yeah. 5 p.m., 3 p.m. 5 p.m., 2 p.m. Pacific? Specific? Eastern Central Mountain Standard. I think it's 5 and 2. I think it's 5 and 2. 5 and 2 Pacific. I messed that up myself when I, I was uh, getting Mr. Mo Fax to join us. Uh, uh, but I will, I'll, I'll tell that story in a little bit. Okay. After we thank Sharky. Yeah, Sharky. Sharky is a brand new monthly stonator. Oh yeah. And love he the dropped monthly us, donations. dropped us a little 420. <coughs> oh shit. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, no note, but so usually if you set up a monthly, I don't know if it just doesn't give you an option of a note. Uh, but we I've never got a note for, for the monthlies, but we appreciate the monthly subscribers just chipping away every month. It really helps out. Keep everything running. And keep the joints rolled behind the behind the scenes here. Keeps us online. Keeps us cooking. And uh, last but certainly not least, Sir Chris Fox comes in. All right. Chris Fox. Yet again. He says, Sir Chris Fox checking in. Smoke him if you got him. With the uh, sunglasses emoji guy. Ah, uh, yeah, the Very cool happy guy. to see us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris Vox. And it's Vox. I made sure I double-checked, because remember we were like... Is it Vox or Vox? We like, like vocals. Maybe it's Vox, man. He was like, yeah, I heard that. It's Vox. Yeah. So now we know it's Vox. Vox. So Rocking Chris Vox. That's good. Hairball. Uh, yes. He's a member of Hairball. You may have heard of it. 
Did Here. you did you tell him it came up? Yeah, my dad was randomly <laughs> From your like, dad? Oh, this girl I knew in high school, she invited me to hairball. And or, we were just like, well, no way. The first, first he was just like, you ever heard of hairball? I was like, yeah. fucking A, I heard of hairball, man. <laughs> yeah. My buddy Chris Fox is in hairball. Now we're Jinda buddies. We love it. We love it. Friend of the show. And uh, much love to you. Sir Chris Fox. Thank you. Uh, we also have some boostograms. Would you believe it? Boostograms. I do believe it. Go have it. Boostagram. Mm, that's some tasty boost bait. Mm, so boost bait. let's see. We can just conveniently scroll back in Dave Jones' helipad here. Yeah, that's nice. And uh, big thanks goes out to Big Boobs. Big Boobs Boob- in the bowl. Booberry with a monster 33069 boost. Woo! Two days ago. That's from, a sexy boost. From CurioCaster. Indeed, he says, a sexier 33 boost after boost. Love you, fam. Oh, we love you, boobs. <laughs> boobs of behind the schemes. Oh, oh. Moan days. 9.30 p.m. Central. That's right. And let's see, who's next? Who could it oh, be Oh, we got a couple next? from our buddy C-Dubs. Yay, C-Dubs. This one says, Boost. And it's four sats, but then the very next one says, boost after boost, boost 4,200 sats. And this one says, my last boost was 420 sats too, but I messed it up. I need to finish my other script. And C-Dubs actually brought to our attention that uh, if you're nerd enough and you pass the right parameters in your key send payment, you can actually pass through just any arbitrary value as uh, your sats donation. And uh, it's funny because I don't know where that one went that uh, he spoofed to us. Oh, six nine six nine six nine. Yeah, but six he like f- he filled the screen all the way across with six nine six nine six nine six nine six nine, uh, even though it was a thirty three boost behind it. Wow! But that's, that's gone cool. now. It's it gone, gone from the database, which is interesting. I wonder like where it went or what. What's the Dell pickle? Couldn't tell you. So some more testing and investigating will be done there for sure. But I think that's interesting. Um, Very interesting. Then Harv Hat came along on episode 122, Our Bowls with Buds with Mofax. He says, great show with Mofax. Boost. Boost. Yeah, thanks, Harv Hat. Well, this one's going in my boost box. Uh, next, it's 420 sats. Excuse me, 4,200 sats. Add a zero. Woo. Uh, out of Breeze. Boost, great show. Thank you for your courage from Circus Media. Oh, yeah, Circus Media. Who is hanging in the bowl right now. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. And another uh, Breeze Boost right after, so I'm going to just assume that's also Circus Media, with an 1890 boost, and he said, 1890 plan, I like it. Pro parenting tips from Papa Fax. Thanks, Mo. For real. And that's all of our... Uh, Treasure Producers, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, really good Christmas uh, gifts that came in. And uh, if you'd like to support the show, give value uh, for value received. There's a bunch of ways to do that nowadays. It just feels like there's new ways all the time. Um, the ones that we just talked about come in via the new podcasting 2.0 ecosystem where you can stream sats per minute or you can send boosts and even attach messages with them. Uh, we call those boostograms when there's a message attached. You can do all of that 
just by getting a new podcast app. Try one out at newpodcastapps.com. Fill up your lightning wallet in one of those bad boys. Whether it's Fountain, CurioCaster, Breeze. Uh, those are just the three that I see off the top of my head right here on the helipad. But we've got stuff in from Podfriend. We've got stuff in from uh, a lot of different ones. Fountain. What's that one? Castomatic? Castomatic, I believe, yes. Uh, all kinds of good stuff out there, so... Just try one out. You go to new newpodcastapps.com and then scroll through and look for one that has a value tag on it. Those are the ones that you can stream sats from. And uh, bam, you get uh, hooked up and you're good to go. We also got some goodies in our mailbox. That's right. That's right. All hail the mail. All hail the mail. And we've been waiting actually <laughs> for the dramatic opening of this. This thing, by the way, is just Fort Knox taped up. Like, it's just the safest package I think I've ever seen in the mail. Of course, your your grandmother sends really safely wrapped packages. Yes. Extra tape, extra large boxes. The whole nine yards. Um, while I'm opening up, of course, another way to send value is with your talent. And uh, sending in content is always an option for the show. The easiest way to do that is through our voicemail line. And uh, all you got to do is pick up your phone and dial the number. Call 816-607-3663 and the play of Every week we have a first time I ever topic that you can respond to. And this week, the first time I ever topic is the first time I ever experienced deja vu. So get your voicemails in for that. If you're voice shy, you can also text us the same number, 816-607-3663. Whoa, the package is now opened. Yes. Yeah, a and, little uh, ASMR for the bowl of package opening. Ooh, Luna Ice. Now, this is wonderful because uh, I did see Perishable on the package, so I just popped it into the fridge right away because I had a pretty good idea what it was. And, of course, it's Mousy Bear Wellness Gummies. Ooh. From Mousy Bear, who is in the bowl with us right now. Yeah. I think we got a little note, a special discount for you. Members of the No Agenda community are invited to save 10% on every order with this discount code in the morning. That's all one word, all cap rappies. I don't know if it matters, but it probably does. So I'm telling you exactly what I'm reading right now. It says in the morning, all one word, all caps. And uh, Mousy Bear, we thank you so much. And Tunta, of course. And there's also a cash donation inside. Thank you so oh. much for the bowl. 60 buckaroonies. Thank you. Uh, so you guys, King of the Mountain did. Number one executive producer. Way ow. to go, you guys. Ow, ow, thank you so much. That's very much appreciated. And now we must try the gummies. We hope you love our wellness gummies as much as we do. For more information or to order more, please visit our website at mousybear.com. That link is, of course, in the bowl right now as we speak. You can click on it and go right there. And if you're listening in the future, it will be in the show notes. That's right. It will be in the show notes. Not to worry. 
if you don't know how to spell mousybear.com. We've got your back, man. We've got a link that you can just click on. Now, these are immune support and maintenance elderberry gummies. Very cool. do all kinds of things that have not been evaluated by the FDA. Uh, and I'm sure they're not intended to cure or treat any illness, which is why you want them. Because once the FDA says the shit works, then you know what you're dealing with at that point. Yeah. Might work to make you have to buy more FDA-approved products. Yes, that's right. That's right, that's right, that's right. Oi, 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 Wow, well, thank you so much. Also in the mail came, uh, this wasn't a donation. It was actually kind of a reverse donation, but we supported uh, Mike Riley's project, Phrenology, 10 Years of I Taste Sound. So that came in the mail today. The book itself, he had like three or I think three little bonus comics and four little pins and four stickers. And uh, look at that on the last page there. Special thanks to all who have supported my work over the years. And uh, Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean right there. Yep, right there. Right there. Beautiful. Look at that. Piece of history right there. Uh, copyright 2021. Mike Riley. Thanks, Mike Riley. Yeah. Thanks, Mike Riley. We love you. You can follow yeah. him on Twitter or Insta at Mike Riley Comics. And he's also on noagendasocial.com. That's right. At Mike Riley there, I believe. He, Pretty sure. He doodled a little smoky guy, smoky toky dude on the envelope. Yeah. With a flash and a peace sign and the smoke cloud coming out of his mouth said, uh, thank you for your courage. So cut that out. Put it in. A picture frame, we'll mount it in the bowl. Yeah, we got it framed up. So thanks, Mike Riley. Uh, Cold Acid says, still waiting for my copy. Guess the Canada Post is a little slow. I'm reading the back and it says, you know, uh, they always have the U.S. and the Canada price printed on the back. This says $20 U.S. free in Canada. So Ooh. there you go. If you paid any money for that Cold Acid, I would uh, <laughs> be giving Mr. Riley a call. Giving Mr. Riley a call. Need some help opening those gummies? Yeah, you know, I can't really. I can't. I'm just too fat fingered. And I got other things. I'm trying to yuggle. You know what I'm saying? I'm yuggling. You're always yuggling. Every day I'm yuggling. (laughs) Every day I'm, every day I'm, every day I'm yuggling. Yes, that's correct. Uh, Thank you to No Debit, by the way. Not only does he provide the live stream for the show, but he also turned the karma back on in the bowl and in the smoker last night. Thanks, node bit, no debit. So you can now karma the crap out of people. Just try not to annoy. Uh, try not to annoy no debit because he turned it off because people were kind of abusing the karma feature. So uh, yeah, it's there for fun. We can have fun with it. That's all I'll say about that. Thank yeah. you very much, no debit. Thank you, and thank you, uh, Sir Bemrose, for letting us do our bowls with buds. After No Agenda on Sunday. Oh, man. If you haven't caught that yet, it was a fantastic show. And I'm going to start talking about it right as I eat this giant gummy, which is delicious, by the way. Mm. Yes, we had Mo Facts on. How awesome was that? To sit down and talk with Mo for almost two and a half hours. It was so fun. Because he's a guy. You just let him go. You know, you can just unwind. Yeah. And go and go. And, um, yeah, there was one point when... Oh, yeah, the wolf cub came up because Douchebag Pat called in and said he missed uh, hearing the wolf cub in the bowl. And uh, Mo was like, oh, don't get me going down the rabbit hole on wolves. And I was like, no, please, I want to hear about the wolves. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. So fun. We covered so much and like I had some notes written down for the show. Didn't get to any of them. So we'll have to have him back in the bowl. Yeah, we'll have to do another one. And then he invited us on uh, Converse, his right. new podcast. Yeah, he does a kind of a guest show, sort of like our Boils with Buds con- uh, concept. Yes. He just sits down with guests. So that's always cool to rotate through there. We'd love to do that. Uh, and we will do that one day. We'll let you know about it. But if you want to hear that awesome uh, interview or any of the other great Bowls with Buds that we've had over over the times, you can go to bullswithbuds.com. And that will show you all of the Bulls with Buds interviews. How so many great Buds out there. Yeah, we've had, we've had a, quite a lot of people. And uh, that might be the last one for this year? Yes, I believe so. And then we'll uh, be back at it in the new year come, uh, come January. We'll be hitting you with new Buds, so stay tuned for that. That should be great. Uh, last bookkeeping note here. For friends of the show, Rick and Charlene. Rick and Charlene Brandon of the... Itty Bitty Homestead on No Agenda Tube. That's right. We finally named the rabbits. Uh, we went to the yes. meetup in Joplin <laughs> and uh, we gave them a donation and they were like, oh, you you need to name the two girl rabbits. And I've had so much on my plate and you know me, I've got this to-do list that just keeps growing faster than it shrinks and I'm all discombobulated. And... Uh, Sometimes I'd lay lay awake at night, like right before I'm falling asleep, thinking, what the hell am I going to name these two rabbits? And then the, it was Saturday night that I just kind of like almost bolted up in bed. We were up at my dad's and I was like, ah, I've, I've been overthinking it. Mary and Jane, two girl rabbits. One's Mary, the other's Jane. Boom, boom, done. So um, the rabbits are named. And we encourage you all to check out the Itty Bitty Homestead on No Agenda Tube. Yes. They have such a cool value model. Absolutely, absolutely. When it comes to supporting the homestead, and you can get seeds out of it, name plots, name rabbits. Yeah, they have a very cool value proposition, no doubt. I like the way they do it. Um, You know, I also like the way that we talk about a little bit of... Arching, arching, cooking, shifting. Unchained, unchained, cocaine, chips, pain, unchained, unchained, go! Streaming staff, boost the grounds, make they really wanna build a no. That's right, we had a little uh, shit stain this week. I promised a couple people I would send out the 500k pod uh, podcast in Ring of Fire number three. I was like, yes, yesterday I told a couple people, I'm sending the email out today. And then mm. I'm putting together the spreadsheet and I had a little bit more information to gather. So I'm still putting it together. You should see that email imminently, probably tomorrow. Um, the other thing I'm running into, though, is I'm I'm busy just humping this uh, Ablecraft website out. I got to get the Ablecraft yeah. site done. Launching the album uh, Friday, right? That's Christmas right. Eve. Yes, on the last Ablecraft, we uh, unveiled the name of the band, Abel and the Wolf. Oh. Name of the album will be Stay a While. And, uh, yeah, we're going to drop all of that Christmas Eve on Friday, so I still don't know exactly what time, but we're going to be testing everything out uh, in the coming days. Um, I just got, like, the artwork page scaffolded out, and the uh, about page has, like, placeholder stuff, but most of the stuff's, like, designed and in place now. We just got to fill the content, like, write the words, Um, but I think most of the hard part, at least, is done. The feed is up there. The everything's going. So, 
cool. We'll have to test out our feed. But uh, yeah, the whole project, essentially, we're uh, releasing an album on the same podcast 2.0 ecosystem that all these podcasts are going on. So uh, much like you can stream and boost this podcast, you'll be able to stream and boost our album. And we also kind of want to just have a have a showcase of how to you know best practices of how to release an album like this and we really hope that a lot of uh, musicians jump on board and also release albums in the same ecosystem i'm going to eventually start working on uh, some kind of a music app where you can stream all of this good stuff and add some bitcoin in and put it in a wallet to stream it and boost it so exciting times in the future i'm really stoked and uh it's just like it's super crunch time. So I apologize if you if you DM me on the IRC or uh, if I don't get back to you on this or that, then uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm buried in uh, the final steps of getting our album pushed out, but we're super excited about it. If you're an artist on this uh, Stay A While album, I sent you an email today. So sorry, Ring of Fire, guys. I sent the emails to the artists. It's just slightly more pressing. But uh, I just need everybody's thumbnail picture, what you want in your person tag, basically. And where you want your links to go and how you want your name to look. Let's get all the credits uh, nice and spiffy, exactly how you like. Uh, I didn't send you an email. I was going to I'm looking. I'm like, I don't see an email. Because I figured I could just talk to you. Mm, yeah, well, here we are. And uh, basically, from you, all I need is a thumbnail, because I know the rest of your stuff. Okay. Just whatever you want. So the person tag, if you open a podcast in any of the new podcast apps that support the person tag, then when you're looking at an episode, all the people are displayed and it displays a little profile picture. And if you tap on it, you can, you know, visit a website or you can expand the photo and, you know, look who it is. So, yeah. What website you want it to go to and your thumbnail, um, just email me, Spencer at BullAfterBull.com. And, uh, Yes, I will get it done. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to put some clothes on and have you take a picture of me. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll just crop crop a picture into a square. Here's my thumbnail. You can do that. Uh, you got options. You got options. Yeah. Uh, Dave is working on pushing some helipad updates out, so that's cool. By the way, if you're a podcaster running a raspy blitz like we are, um, hit me up. I've got the install code so you can just run it and install helipad on your raspy blitz and it'll just get it working so you can look in a browser on your local network and see all of your boostograms and it will change your life and make traffic bearable uh so just hit me up if you're interested in that raspy blitz users and the umbral stuff should be coming soon um that's what the code tweaks are they're just a couple of tweaks so that it can be approved in the umbral app store and then everybody running an umbral We'll just be able to do a, a one-click install. Yeah. So you're looking forward to that, I know. Yep. The last uh, shit stain I have here, Zebedee Wallet. They're doing uh, double rewards from now through the end of the year. Um, oh, Cold Acid has said it. I forgot about that. Yeah, I got a nice readme, by the way. It is absolutely foolproof. It's written for... Um, just like the minimal knowledge user. It makes no assumptions that you know how to do anything. And it walks you through step by step. So it should be pretty simple and pretty painless. Uh, but yeah, Zebedee Wallet, they're doing double rewards on a few games now through the end of the year. And uh, I even saw a new game on here. So Sarutobi Swing is the monkey collecting the coin game. Lightning Crush, that's like a 
match the tiles game. We've talked about those two. We've talked about Wheel of Trivia, which is the easy questions for trivia. It's just you watching ads and they pay you sats, basically. All of those are double rewards now, though, so you double your sats and Zebedee. But then there's a new game, Balls King. Balls King? Uh, so I read that. I was like, wow, I have to <laughs> try Balls King out. I would like to be king of the balls. King of the balls. That's me. That's what I. Uh, <laughs> that's what I aspire to be. King of the uh, balls. So how does that work? Uh, uh, I think it's just a, a brick breakout clone, basically, ball bouncer. Okay. King of the balls, but I'll try it out. I'll try it out, and I'll oh, let you, you know. Tried it yet? Okay. There's uh gonna be some links in the show notes if you want to waste some time this holiday season. And get sats paid for wasting your time. You can stack some sats on mind-numbing video mobile games. And rot your brain. Rot your brain, but don't do it for free. Do it for micropayments. Um, yes, well, that, that closes us up. Getting paid to be idle. You know, sometimes you're just waiting on something. Might as well earn some sats while you're waiting. Yeah, you might as well. I mean, it's uh, it's a good way to stack sats that you could then stream to your favorite podcasts i mean there's so many different ways to give value to the show uh, in fact another way to give value is through talent and we have a voicemail line which is really easy to uh get to all you got to do is pull out your phone and call 816-607-3663 and the play Every week we have a first time I ever topic, and this week's topic is the first time I ever experienced deja vu. That's right. So uh, if you're voice shy too, you can always text that line at the same number, 816-607-3663. Oh, there were so many magic number sightings this week. It was hard to uh, limit it to the top three. I could have had 33, 33 stories. But- so hard. Uh, so hard. I wouldn't do that to you guys. I would be here all night. Uh, but this first story comes from Sir Oma. He sent it to me. And it's about the last freestanding video store in Nebraska. They offer 33,300 movies for rent. Wow, that's a lot of threes, brother. That's a lot of threes. Chris Logan's Call Video. They're open seven days a week and offer a delivery service. So if you want to rent a video, you can call them up. That's why they're called the call video. Ah. And they'll bring it to you. You know, you can also rent games from them. Um, But of course, now they're competing with streaming. Think about how long they have survived, though. There's only one blockbuster left, and that's in Bend, Oregon. Hmm. You know, there used to be blockbusters all over the place. Where are they? Gone. Dead. Floating down the river. D-E-D. Dead. D-E-D. Dead. Um, but you know, 33,300 movies, that's a lot more choices than you get streaming, I would guess. You know, with the streaming services and the amount of movies they offer. It's possible. Um, so I was looking around at video stores that are still alive and it looks like there's less than a thousand now in the United States. Whoa. So, uh, but if you live in Nebraska... And if you're close to Chris Logan's call video, you can rent unlimited movies for just $10 a month. And um, the owner inherited the store from his father 
Uh, and he's going to see how well they do this winter and then decide the fate of the store. If they decide to close, he's going to set up a booth at a flea market and sell all of the movies and games. Um, but there was someone in the article talking about how he has so many, like, low-budget films on VHS that are just treasures. It's just a treasure trove, uh, specifically, like, slasher films. And uh, they were talking about one called Stalled, which is about a guy who gets stuck in a bathroom during a zombie apocalypse at his work at a cube farm. Mm. Just, like, hilarious, you know? All this treasure out there. and uh, Treasure trove. You know, another thing, I remember going to my local video store and renting movies with uh, my folks, and you talk to the employees, and you hear about things you wouldn't hear about, and there's, like, a community in that rental space, you know, and you get weird recommendations, things you wouldn't have sought out on your own or even known about. It's just, like, it's a bummer uh, when everything gets moved to the interweb with the streaming and stuff. Yeah. And, uh... I know, man, once the EMP hits, like... You got no movies left, <laughs> you know. Right, yeah. Well, and you know, as uh, as with books being burned, uh, I feel like video stores are now archives for movies since they're trying to remake a bunch of movies into woke versions and potentially erase the originals. You never know. Or yeah. edit, you know, just splice out the selected scenes that are offensive. Oh, boy. For one reason or another. Uh, I mean, I hope it doesn't happen, but it probably already has started. Yeah. So. So yeah. that's how you. Uh, that's what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh. In Oregon, the Rogue Valley could see its first white Christmas in 33 years. Whoa. Yeah. Could. I guess there's could. It's more likely to hit them Sunday and Monday. Uh, the snow, like the chances go way up. Close enough, though. But I didn't know a white Christmas is defined as an inch of measurable snow on the ground. Oh, I didn't either. That so sounds it, arbitrary. If it's snowing and the snow is melting as it hits the ground, that doesn't count. Or if you just get a dusting. <laughs> yeah, dusting does not count. I didn't know that. I thought the ground just had to be white, like white Christmas. I just thought it had to, there was snow in some way, shape, or form. Either falling from the sky or, yeah, dusting. Oh, well. Yep, separate storm systems. I mean, systems. that's not how the song goes. It's not like, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas with a minimum one inch depth of snow. That's not how the song goes. You're right. It's bullshit. It is bullshit. Yeah. But yeah, Southern Oregon's hitting, getting hit with uh, separate storm systems this week. So, 25% <laughs> chance the valley will get two inches or more. Oh, boy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're in a valley, so I guess that the mountains in the area get a bunch of snow. I'm so ignorant with geography. <laughs> I've never been to the Rogue Valley, but they're talking about, oh, there's mountain snow, you know, but it never falls down to the valley. Yeah. 33 years, and it will, because it's the magic number. Yeah, Maybe. They're due. They're due yeah. for a white Christmas. I'll be keeping my eye on it. I'll let you know <coughs> next time in the bowl if uh, they got that. One inch of measurable snow on the ground. Mm. And my final story that I chose for the top 333 is that a fetus was found inside the liver of a 33-year-old Canadian woman. 
Oh, my God. This is an extremely rare ectopic pregnancy, uh, which, of course, an ectopic pregnancy is when a fertilized egg gets implanted somewhere else in the body that's not the uterus. Uh, 90%, a vast majority, because I believe all statistics are pretty much bullshit in my book, uh, but a vast majority of them occur in the fallopian tube. Um, And, of course, ectopic pregnancies are life-threatening. They can cause internal bleeding, As this patient saw, she went 49 days without a menstrual cycle and then started bleeding and bleeding and bled for two weeks. She bled for two weeks before being like, you know, I should probably go get this checked out. Something is not right. And so um, they removed the fetus from her liver. And she's doing fine. Damn. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that's wild. And uh, with the holidays, you know, they like to ramp up the fear-mongering, I think. So the magic number was popping off with the Koof stories. Uh, In fact, there were 33 deaths in uh, Kerala, India, Mizoram, India, two states of India, in the Caribbean, New Jersey, New Mexico. And then there were 33 new cases in another state of India, Himachal. Probably butchering these pronunciations, but doing my best. How dare you, Lane? If if you uh, know India very well, please feel free to correct me. Uh, Lane County, Oregon, uh, Prince Edward County, Canada, <laughs> Canadavia. I almost said instead of Scandinavia. Blame it on the weed. <laughs> Tokyo, uh, Peterborough Public School in Canada. They reported thirty-three cases in their school, and R. H. Conwell Elementary in Massachusetts. Wouldn't you know it? Cases are rising in 33 London boroughs. I told you this is off the chain today. Um, and then there was an article. The 33 Hampshire neighborhoods where 70% or more of residents haven't received boosters. It's like, okay. Mm, yeah, wow. They got the... They were fully vaxxed, but now they're not. Um, and then 33 Arkansas school districts in the red zone. Uh-oh. Now I'm really scared. Yeah, the red zone. Can't red zone it. No, not the red light, the red zone. They're in the red, red zone. Um, I also saw this week that the Ohio Supreme Court rejected the Vaximillion lottery challenge. I was kind of trying to keep my eye on that. Interesting. One. Um, Yeah, you know, the group suing over it said that it was unconstitutional, and then the court said, uh, oh, you don't have proper legal standing for a high court challenge. But they argued the lottery was impermissible because it spent public funds without legislative approval. And they also suggested that the incentive was discriminatory because only vaccinated people could participate in it. Yeah. Ohio was, of course, the first state to offer a lottery incentive with the jab. Can you imagine getting the vax only for that lotto card and then a court strikes it down and you can't get the stupid lotto? You just have the vax for the rest of oh your life. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. Oh boy, indeed. Like, I, I wasn't going to get it, but that lotto, just but no! Doing anything to my body for an incentive, uh, just no. No. I know out here they were doing diaper drives you know you drive through this is the creepiest part is like you sit in your car and someone just went up to the window and stuck you you know 
I don't know <laughs> yeah. if they're nurses or community volunteers or what. Like, who the fuck are, who are these people? There's so many people just jabbing people with needles right now. Get a jab <laughs> and just drive off to wherever. Yeah, and take your box of diapers or your box of bread or your box of cans from the food pantry. Like, it was crazy. And we talked about this in the earlier bowls. People double doing it. Yeah, just double to get dipping another... to get the to get the free stuff. Just freaky. <laughs> what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Um, as we head behind the curtain, I have a clip to play. A okay. clip because this is a. I found it on American Hero while looking at the magic numbers. The magic number didn't uh come up in this story, but this man. Oh, you still got your oh. Your music's going. My music was going. Blame it on the weed. <laughs> this dude wore... Boy, boy, the weed is getting a lot of blame a, today. We're, we're hitting it. We're blaming it hard. Uh, this dude wore a red thong on his United Airlines flight very, for his mask. Very tasteful. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Here's my clip. I think the best way to illustrate absurdity is with absurdity. Jenny says he's worn underwear as a mask since the beginning of the pandemic. Every single flight has been met with different reactions from the flight crew. And this time they weren't having it. I am banned from <laughs> flying United. So, so much for the customer is always right. He got kicked <clears throat> off the flight, but what happened after is what really surprised him. People started following, just filing off the plane, maybe a dozen, something like that. It happened after this guy questioned why Jenny got removed. Then he says others followed his lead. It's nonsense. It's all nonsense. Kobe doesn't know that we're at cruising altitude. It's stupid. The whole thing is theater. Even as COVID cases start to climb again and hospitals fill up across the country, Jenny sure. is comparing himself to civil rights icons. Everything else that has sparked change in this country has started from everyday people. Rosa Parks was nobody famous. She changed the course of history. United Airlines says Jenny wasn't in compliance with the federal mask mandate and they gave him a refund. Jenny will try and fly home again this week with a different airline. Hopefully Spirit has a better sense of humor tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see. Nice, yeah. Keep trying to get one. Yeah. Well, you know, we uh, because of the blessings of Mo, we do know about the Rosa Parks thing. Uh, the yes. truth, it can be a drug. Yeah, Claudette Colvin. Uh Nine months before Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat. She was a 15-year-old. And uh, his name is Adam Jenny. Jenny's his last okay. name. So I was wondering I, why they kept saying Jenny. Yeah, yeah. I didn't... Uh, that was bad editing on my part, leaving that in. But I loved when she said that as a question, comparing himself to civil rights activists. I know. They're trying to like shame him and make him look like a turd, but he just really looks like a boss. In fact, it, it, it's like... Uh, no minds were changed kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. Because if you're stuck in the mass formation, then you're going to be like, this evil man with the panty face. Yeah, exactly. But he talked about people filing off with him in support of him. I thought that was pretty That's rad. pretty awesome. Leading by example. And I like what he said. Fighting absurdity with absurdity. I love it. I would have uh, left the face with, with Jenny for sure. Ah, uh, yes, me too. Left the face, the plane. Left the face. <laughs> Blame it on the weed. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> you know, Sir Omaha actually was uh, listening to the Bulls with Buds, and something happened with, uh, I guess, the the stream he was listening to or the player that he was listening to. And during the live stream, um, I believe it was a Motu gap in the audio yeah. because the stream itself kept rolling. 
and it didn't have any interruption, but uh, the bowlers were like, oh, the stream's down, the stream's down, and so it kind of caught me off, you know? I'm like trying to finish my train of thought, but also thinking, oh, no, we might have to put a fire out. Looking at the chat, yeah. And then I just kind of lost my train of thought, and then it turned into... Oh my god, that that could have been. Uh, I think you lost some of the the tape, so I had to go back and listen. I was like, no, no, that was uh, that was just my brain fart. So apologies for that. Yeah, it's like a you know, we had a certain level of an operation going here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are professionally unprofessional. Oh, psh, way better than the dusty man. Yeah, it's true. Um, He signed some executive orders this week. Oh, thank the Lord. Uh, yeah, imposing sanctions on foreign people involved with the illegal drug trade and establishing a new U.S. Council on Transnational Organized Crime. You know, I love nothing more than when we create new boards and councils and little uh, jobby jobs for people to make money profiting off the drug war sarcasm sarcasm but yeah at the end of this uh little uh memo he sent out he said i hereby uh declare a national emergency to deal with the threat by modernizing and updating our current response to drug trafficking so what is in store oh god for this no clues no clues yet but we've got a new council that'll be uh you know looking out for drug trafficking of course, you know, fentanyl was at the top of the list, and we did see a huge, huge increase in opiate-related, opioid-related um, overdoses during the COVID days. All the lockdowns and such. Yes, isolation and such. Recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as I stand... If there was no prohibition, there would be a lot less harm. Mm-hmm. So I just don't like sending more money into the into fueling the drug war. Right. Regardless of facet. Like, oh, cool, we're calming down on weed a little bit. I mean, it's still federally illegal. And by federally illegal, Schedule 1 right. of the Controlled Substances Act, like no medical... Uh, no medical use. Yeah. No, no. no medical benefits. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> How outdated. Maximum and harm, they're, no... Uh, they're not changing that. They're not rescheduling or descheduling it, even though states have legalized for recreational, along with medical use. It's a very frustrating conundrum. Yeah. Well, the Controlled Substances Act is a fucking joke. The whole government's a fucking joke. Just wasting our money. Just wasting our money, creating councils, new councils on stuff, you know? Hey, uh, oh well. The kick your door down team. Yeah. Sponsored by you. And even if it's not my door, I don't want them kicking anyone's door down. That's right. not what I pay them for. Exactly. Gosh. I don't, I, if I didn't have to, I wouldn't pay them. You know, I don't think any of us would at this point. I don't consent to where any of my money is going. No, I don't. I don't support not. any of it. <laughs> I, I spend my money with people who give me great value, and that's that. You know, value for value lifestyle. And we need to make politics value for value. Of course, there's all the giant corporations who have a lot more money to throw around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, anyway. Uh, the U.S. Department of Agriculture 
said licensed hemp businesses are eligible for its food supply chain guaranteed loan program. Oh, boy. Yeah. Loans of $40 million to kickstart your hemp venture. Yeah. I like money, though. Or upgrade it or whatnot. Uh, Yeah. I just thought it was neat to see uh, hemp getting the hat tip from the USDA. Great that we're finally uh, growing hemp again, you know? Hemp for victory. Yeah, once considered a crucial crop. Should have remained, but, you know, Hearst and whatnot. So the Senate passed a bill designating methamphetamine as an emerging threat and directing the Office of National Drug Control Policy to implement a plan to address its use. Again, more money going to fuel the war on drugs. Um, This is a Feinstein-Grassley bill and now goes to the House. We'll see what they do with it, if anything. But, yeah, I just gotta find more ways to funnel the money through, you know? But some good news, some good news on the federal level. Oh, boy. A federal judge granted compassionate release to a seriously ill 90-year-old man who was serving a life sentence in prison for a nonviolent marijuana trafficking offense. Oh, boy. Yeah. How nice of them. How nice. It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. Yeah. Horatio Estrada Elias. He served 12 years in a Minnesota prison, uh, suffering from congestive heart failure, atrial fibrillation, and chronic kidney disease. He also contracted the Rona while he was in prison. So uh, the warden actually recommended his release, noting that he had a spotless disciplinary record. Um, But yeah, he pled guilty to trafficking tens of thousands of pounds of weed into and around the United States. And it was his third strike, I believe, and there was a mandatory minimum at the time. Uh, So the chief judge had no choice but to give him a life sentence since he operated by the books. And um, in 2018, uh, that mandatory minimum was taken off and he would have gotten 12 to 16 years instead of a life sentence. Which is what he ended up serving, 12 years. But, All right. Yeah, now he can, uh, I guess they got him out a lot faster than they were expecting. So now he can have a Merry Christmas with his family. Well, that's good. Yeah. 90 years old. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just, it makes me sick thinking about how many people are sitting behind bars still for just possessing or moving around weed. Uh-huh. You know, not, not killing people. Not hurting people in any way. Maybe even getting people their medicine. Right. You know, being a green angel of sorts. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah, it, there's a lot of lifers out there still. Yeah, it's atrocious, man. And uh, we should all be sending them Christmas cards. And I know there's uh, the POW420 database. Um, I'm trying to think of the other one. It, like, this is what ticks me off, is no one has a good accessible database with the locations and, like, you know, mailing addresses so you can send things to these prisoners. And, right. Ah. But, 
Oh, well, anyways. Curaleaf Holdings, which is a vertically integrated multi-state cannabis operator, is uh, likely going to face a wrongful death lawsuit because they incorrectly labeled a CBD tincture uh, that contained undisclosed levels of THC. So uh, there was a recall on September 21st for a single batch they produced. Uh, about 500 bottles were sold. And then they had to do another recall on September 24th for a batch of THC tincture that was actually the CBD tincture. They swapped them. And so Curaleaf says they they found the employee who mixed the two sets up and reassigned that person out of production work. Um, but these clients are not happy, as you can imagine, if you think you're taking CBD and it's actually a very high dose of uh, THC. Right. You know? Um, it's going to mess you up. So, uh, Yeah. <laughs> For the next few hours and for your drug test. Right. Up. So um, there is a law. There's a single attorney who has dozens of clients um, from this, ranging in age from their 30s to the late 70s. And they all claim to have unexpectedly experienced stroke-like symptoms. Whoa. That's how they're describing it. Uh, you know, after consuming the mislabeled CBD product, slurred speech, loss of time, inability to stand, hallucination, psychosis, panic, pounding heart rate, and thinking they were going to die. Well, that's a pretty high eating, dose, I would say. Eating, uh, eating, yeah, too much edibles. But yeah, yeah I mean, the too much edible thing can freak you absolutely all the way out. And these people thought they were taking CBD. Like, right. They got raped. <laughs> they got... You know? Drug raped. Drug raped, exactly. I mean, a high dosage of THC like that is a psychedelic experience. Yes. And if you're not uh, looking for that or expecting that, holy shit. Um, so half a dozen of these clients went to the emergency room. Um, one of them was allegedly life flighted on two separate occasions after consuming uh, the CBD tincture. Oh, damn. So they went back and had some more? Yeah, because they didn't put it together that it was the CBD thing. They probably thought uh, they were having a stroke. Interesting. Yeah, um, I guess that makes sense. And one of the clients had surgery for being misdiagnosed with a stroke. Oh, God. So an unnecessary surgery. Yeah. Uh, they all said they consumed it multiple times without realizing that they were taking THC. You know? So, um... Unfortunately, the plaintiff who was life flighted twice uh, reportedly died from the Rona a few weeks after oh their second God. trip to the hospital. Oh, no. And the family believes that being dosed with THC was a substantial factor in this man's inability to survive COVID because when he got that high, he was convinced he was going to die then. And uh, they said he was never the same after the experience and that it really weakened him. Rough. Yeah. You know, messed up his mind. Right. Um, so his case is pending probate. And once that's all worked out, that wrongful death suit's going to hit Kiraleaf. So uh, some of these clients have already settled, as you might imagine. You know, big weed, big pharma, big money. Right. Just, oh, so sorry about that. Let's just, you know, 
Just take my money. Just take a little bit of money. Take the it's money okay. and no one did anything wrong. You're all right. Yeah. This money will make it all better. Make all the bad memories go away. Um. Yeah. I like money, though. But for those who uh, didn't settle, uh, they're expecting trials to happen mid to late next year. So. Yeah. Unnecessary surgery for strokes. Uh, where is this? I believe it's in Oregon. Uh, Cureleaf operates in multiple states, though, so their products are available, uh, yeah, wherever you buy your CBD tincture, I'm guessing. So, yeah, never settle is my, uh, recommendation. Never settle. Never forgive. Never settle. Never surrender. Never surrender. So Arizona received... More than 1,500 applications for their 26 social equity permits. Whoa. Yeah, that's going to be fun to go through. Uh, of course, they're incredibly valuable because of the cap on dispensaries and such. Um, there's only 143 other permits available once they choose their social equity permits. And, of course, there is a lawsuit filed against no uh, Arizona in November to guarantee that licenses will be given to recipients who were actually harmed by the war on drugs and not large multi-state operators like Cureleaf that we just talked about. Um, they have a hearing scheduled for January with that lawsuit. Um, but we've talked in previous bowls about how these big, big cannabis industry is uh, sending out flyers to folks who live in the zip codes that have been identified as a, uh, heavily impacted by the war on drugs, trying to recruit them, saying like, hey, I'll partner with you to open a oh, business. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. You just sign your name. Just and, be the social equity guy. And you get paid for nothing. I'll run the store. Yeah, exactly. You're the social equity guy to get me in. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Yeah. So. <clears throat> uh, and, of course, the requirements for uh, being a social equity applicant are living in a certain zip code for three of five years, having a household income under the federal poverty level for at least three of the last five years, having a previous weed-related conviction or a nuclear family member with a weed conviction. You got to have three of those four. Man, that was a topic I wanted to bring up with <laughs> Mo, and it just we never got to it. Yeah, and, and I'm not pushy either that was obviously top of my notes uh but i just let him unwind and go you and... not pushy no no not at all <laughs> <laughs> i'm the sit back relax and smile and nod kind of uh co-host on guest shows <laughs> <laughs> which on a podcast sounds like i just disappeared so i know i'm working on i'll work on it i'll work on it um but that's a whole i mean i have clips and everything for Social equity talks with Mo. I think that should be a show in itself. Yeah, maybe we deep dive that. That's when a we, deep uh, dive for sure. Do converse. Yeah, because the whole thing in every state is has its own messes going on. Right. But boy, is it messy. They have their own uh, social equity definitions and qualifications, and then a lot of them have to move the line or tweak the line slightly after lawsuits. Yep. You got to love it. Gotta love it. You know what else you gotta love? BLM. The Bureau of Land Management, that is. Oh, snap. <laughs> uh, 
they put a presser out this week uh, in California. Oh, yeah, we're protecting public land resources because we uh, destroyed more than a million weed plants this year. Oh, my goodness. Along with uh, close to 180,000 pounds of processed weed that we seized from illegal grow sites as part of the Dig This Campaign Against Marijuana Planting Program. That's camp. Oh, man. I know you're half-retarded. They are half-retarded. Camp, of course, is uh, an annual program under California's Department of Justice. Some justice. Some justice. Some place to spend your tax money and uh, doing all this crap. But they are really going after what I call the emerald market in California. Um, As this past week, leaders of pot companies in California, that's legal pot companies, of course, uh, they sent a letter to Gruesome Newsome talking about the impending collapse of the legal weed industry. Uh, You know, they just said, with all the taxes, taxes are bumping up again next year, they need tax relief. Uh, they can't keep their customers. Everyone's just going to the Emerald Market, you know? Cheaper Everyone knows just, a guy. Yeah, find a grower. Not just cheaper, like 75% cheaper. Oh, jeez, yeah. Is my, my understanding from the letter they wrote. Um, There's no way to compete with that kind of... No, and they're, you know... Margin. They're asking for expansion, you know, allowing more legal players into the industry instead of keeping them out. <laughs> Keeping them on the Emerald Market streets. <laughs> um, so, yep, just not able to compete. And they're asking for an immediate lifting of the cultivation tax that's been placed on growers. Uh, they're asking for a three-year holiday from the excise tax and for the expansion of retail shops throughout the state. Uh, I didn't know this, but two-thirds of California cities remain without dispensaries since it's up to local governments to authorize sales and production. Uh, Of course, to get what they want uh, with this tax reform, uh, they'll need two-thirds of the legislature to sign off on it. And uh, according to a spokesperson from Gruesome Newsome's office, he is open to working with them on a solution. Oh, boy. Yeah, we'll see what that means. Sounds like a (laughs) spokesman-prepared statement if I've ever heard one. I heard you sent me a letter. Very good. Tell them it's all fine. Tell them to go away. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can't do anything till next year. We and have a potential a solution. Bump. Don't worry. As long as we get reelected, we'll fix it. That's right. <laughs> you just vote for me. Uh, Illinois. They've announced that applications are open for $45 million in new grants Whoa. funded by... The weed tax revenue, which supports programs meant to be, uh, you know, to reinvest in communities that were harmed by the war on drugs. Part of their social equity program. All cash, baby. Um, this is the second round of funding issued through the state's Restore, Reinvest, and Renew program, also known as R3. I would have called it. R-R-R-R-R-R-R. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I like that I'm name sorry. much better than R3. I'm sorry. Um, and, of course, that was established under their recreational policy that they have in place, which requires 
of marijuana tax dollars to be put in this fund. Um, so uh, organizations that previously received grants through the initial RRR <laughs> round will have their funding renewed for another year automatically. Wow, that's and nice. Neat. Yeah, grants, much better than loans that we talked about earlier because loans you got to pay you back. It's no bueno. Yep. No bueno. Also in Illinois, the super case was back in the news. Oh, geez. Uh, as you may remember, there are 14 lawsuits against the state when it comes to how they scored these social equity applications to give out dispensary licenses. And this has delayed everything. And uh, the fate of 185 dispensary licenses rests in the hands of this case and its fate. Um, so why was it in the news? Well, they put all the 14 lawsuits into one to make a super case and have decided to delay it again until at least January of 2022. No surprise. So um, attorneys for the state informed the court they were seeking uh, clarification of the consolidation in order to quash plaintiff attempts to substitute the sitting judge. Um, and, as you might expect, uh, plaintiffs complained about this, and their attorneys argued that this is just uh, another way to delay things. And they've been delaying it for 15 months. Over a year. Kicking the can down the road on this in Illinois. Yeah, it would be one thing if they were just delaying it for the parties involved, but this delays the whole program. Exactly, the whole program. But a step in the right direction in uh, the next story. Oh, boy. Baltimore is ending pre-employment drug testing for city jobs in non-safety-sensitive right positions. After all. after all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. I'm sorry, I owe you a drink now. No, it's all in, right. In uh, non-safety, safety positions? Non-safety, sensitive positions, you know. Oh, since not cops, like... Right. Or uh, EMTs, or I guess. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. Sense. So a, a minority of city jobs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you work for the city, you're driving some sort of a vehicle, usually, at the very least. Yeah, but... I think so. Uh, Unless you're a cube farm worker. Yep. Which there's plenty of. But yeah, yeah, step in the right direction. Someday, uh, maybe they won't make anyone pee in a cup. Or you'll just be able to say, no thanks, I don't want to pee in your cup. And they can respect you for that. <laughs> uh, so the mayor of Northampton, Massachusetts, donated the weed chocolate bar he bought, which was the state's first legal recreational marijuana sale. He donated it to a museum, Historic Northampton, the city's museum of local history. Whoa. Yeah, pretty cool. He paid... Uh, he got a 10-serving dark chocolate bar with 54 milligrams of THC, bought it for 24 bucks, and uh, hired a local guy to make a custom-made plexiglass box with a plaque for it. He will be leaving office on January 3rd. I would have had a hard time not digging into that right? chocolate bar. He's but, not even going to get stoned off of it. No, no, no. Stay stoned. 
But I love it. The thought of weed museums and like prohibition museums, especially. Yeah, I've always thought about that. Like my <laughs> my favorite thing to look at in a future weed prohibition museum would be like all the little, uh, like dube tubes or little things that we've had to use to like stay secret. S- weighted stash cans that look like soda cans. Yep. But the top is like like the aluminum, uh, well, yeah. the silver aluminum the top like pulls screw up off soda cans and. Oh yeah, and it's like a pill bottle inside. Yep. Or the pipes that are like stealth pipes, like a keychain flashlight or different things. Yeah. Or just a empty toilet paper roll with a dryer sheet fitted over it with an yeah. elastic band. Yeah, that's a dube. The classic dube tube. Dube tube. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the Prohibition Museum. We'll have a tiny one inside bowl after bowl. <clears throat> yes. With our personal... <laughs> All the shit. All the shit we All the, the shit the cops didn't get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and R.I.P. all those apples in the woods. Ah, uh, my puppy pipe, bro. That was the worst mm. one I lost, dude. Another story for another time. Yeah. Well, in Michigan, uh, their medical marijuana program is now printing pictures of patients and caregivers on their cards. So, ah. can't pass your medical card off to a friend and let them buy discounted weed or less taxed weed. Man, there's still places that are like, you print it on a piece of printer paper and like, you laminate it if you really care. <laughs> Some states are just like that. That simple with the cards. That <laughs> simple. Well, here in the Show Me State, the Supreme Court heard uh, arguments in the medical marijuana applications case that's been ongoing. Of course, uh, the state was sued by a California-based company, King's Garden Midwest, LLC. I like that they called themselves Midwest, and they're based in California. Uh, they were denied licenses, um, but what really grinded their gears was that they submitted two applications with the exact same answers for two separate licenses and got different scores on them. So they said, okay, we would like to see... They uh, put this in their appeal. We want to see um, the people's applications that got their licenses. We want to see what a perfect score was or a high enough score. You know, we want to see where we went wrong on this. And, of course, the Department of Health and Senior Services said, oh, we can't turn those over to you. In fact, we're constitutionally obligated to protect the information in those applications. And that was part of the constitutional amendment, or so they cite Right. Because uh, it reads, uh, the DHSS shall maintain the confidentiality of reports or other information obtained from an applicant or a licensee license containing any individualized data, information, or records related to the licensee or its operation. Um, but a lower court said, no, you have to turn them over. You have to show them because... Uh, they it, it all you know if you have two of the same applications they need to have the same score if everything is the same something's wrong with your scoring system if they were inconsistently scored like that um so this continues and uh the next hearing is uh well i don't even see anything uh written down for when they'll be doing the next round of hearing on it but you know just kicking that can down the road our State constitution prohibits a single entity from holding more than five licenses currently as it stands, but there's one place, and there's one in Kansas City, Greenlight Dispensary. They have 
16 licenses. And then uh, there's another company, Justice Grown, which is actually out of Pennsylvania, and they have ties to 14 licenses. Whoa. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it, it, we always knew it was going to be pay to play. Right. But. It's good to have friends up in the high places. Oh, yeah, for sure. But once you get your high friends up in the low places. Yeah. That uh, Court of Appeals ruling was all the way back in May. Yep. You know, so I, you know how this goes. Uh, hurry up and wait. Yeah, glacial speed. Yeah. So there is a, the scoring guide is out there, you know, saying what earns you points and what, what not, but. Right. <laughs> did they but adhere they, to you, it? Yeah, you can't actually look at why you were scored what way. Yeah. <laughs> and why they, the license earners, got theirs. Now, this was cool news. Uh, a New Mexico credit union received the nation's first financial institution certification for cannabis and hemp banking protocols. So, they can uh, allow dispensaries and whatnot to take, you know, card transactions. They, they'll bank with them. About time. Canna businesses working with the U.S. Eagle Federal Credit Union in New Mexico. They got a bank. You can bank with them. That credit union was founded in 1935. Fun fact. But yeah, it's a, this is part of a financial services certification program that's overseen by the Policy Center for Public Health and Safety in collaboration with state attorneys generals. So, like to see it uh, roll out in more states than just New Mexico, but no I doubt. guess it's a start. It's a baby step in the right direction. That's right. It's a step in the right direction after all. Also in New Mexico, they issued the state's first recreational business licenses this week. All right. So you go, New Mexico. Welcome to the party, boys. The Ohio Senate approved a bill that would let doctors recommend medical weed for any condition they reasonably believe could benefit from it. What a concept. What a concept. Common sense. Yep. You Senate. mean the legislature doesn't get to pre pre pick conditions as though they know anything about medical right. <laughs> anything? Seriously. Senate Bill two sixty one now goes to the House for consideration. So I always hesitate to, you know, share bills that uh haven't been passed fully. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, these ones today were interesting, I thought. So we'll root for it. There there's other things in the bill. Uh they want to, you know, streamline the regulatory structure of the medical system by creating a division of marijuana control within the Department of Commerce to oversee the program because it's currently regulated by the Board of Pharmacy. So, I don't know. I don't like moving power around, creating new boards, new groups. I already bitched about this today, but Yeah. Uh the it would also require the division to license at least one dispensary per 1000 patients up to the first 300,000 patients, and then adding dispensaries on an as-needed basis. It would allow dispensaries to advertise freely, and uh, it would create a standalone processor license, along with separating levels of cultivator licenses for you know small cultivators and bigger ones. And by small, it's like 50,000 square feet. Um, it also allows for the sale of other products like lotions and oral sprays to pills 
I can't imagine going into a dispensary and saying, give me your finest THC pill. But <laughs> I guess that's what some people might want. I guess. Um, and it would increase the concentrate limit from 70% THC to 90%. So doctors would also be able to issue their recommendations via telemedicine, which is very cool for patients who may be, uh, you know, bedbound, homebound, without transportation even. Also in Ohio, activists have submitted what should be more than enough signatures. Uh, That was yesterday that they did this. And uh, if they get enough validated, it would force lawmakers to take up the issue of legalization. They needed 132,000 signatures. They turned in 206,000. Just Um, to be safe. That's a lot of padding. Yes, that is a lot of padding. That's what I thought. I was like, all right, that's cool. It should be good. Yeah. uh, We'll see what happens, though. The measure requires legislators to consider legalizing possession up to two and a half ounces for 21 plus adults, uh, along with 15 grams of concentrates, uh, and home grow up to six plants for personal use or 12 plants per household. This was passed by Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol, and I just gotta say by these things, uh, this is not regulating it like alcohol at all. Limits like that, you know? Yep. I don't, I can go into a liquor store and buy however many things I want with a valid 21 plus ID. Yeah. Yep. It's just stupid. That kind of stuff makes me mad. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, lawmakers will have four months to adopt the measure, reject it or amend it. And if they don't do anything with it, um, the group will have to collect 132,000 more valid signatures to place it on the November, 2022 ballot for the voters to decide. Now, in Oklahoma, the Supreme Court, or an official from the Supreme Court, held an initial hearing in a case where one legalization activist is challenging another activist's proposed ballot measure. Ah, infighting. Yep, Oklahomans for Responsible Cannabis Action. Uh, It's the second time that this activist has challenged them. Um, and they're calling it a shotgun challenge with just a bunch of different arguments against their petition. Yep. Uh, to see if any of them will stick. He'll spray and pray. Yeah. Uh, this guy, though, who's, uh, taking it up, he's incarcerated. What? Yeah, he's doing this from jail, from from prison, (coughs) so. Damn. Yep. Like, one of the challenges, um, is that all signatures collected on Indian territory are invalid. And he cites some old court case, which is just like, okay, buddy. They're grasping. Great. Yeah, grasping. That straw is here. Now, Texas's Supreme Court uh, will hear the regulators' appeal of the lower court ruling overturning their ban on smokable hemp. Fun little ping pong we've been playing here. Just leave the hemp alone, Texas. Right. Well, smokable hemp, yeah. Uh, the hearing's tentatively scheduled for March of 2022. Um, just to bring it all the way back, in 2019, House Bill 1325 passed, which legalized hemp in Texas under the Federal Farm Bill of 2018, uh, under its guidance. The caveat was that no product could be made for smoking. Nah. So, uh, you know, they're fighting it tooth and nail. But how do you regulate that? How do you tell me what the hemp does? Where it goes? 
Uh-huh. How much fire I put on it. Yeah, exactly. Can't tell me what to do. But of course, there's just been a bunch of like temporary and permanent injunctions being put in place. So it's like, yeah. you can smoke your hemp. You can't smoke your hemp. You can smoke it. No, you can't. And uh, they're doing that with Delta 8 too. But right now, Delta 8 is good until the next hearing. <laughs> right. Which <laughs> is crazy. Playing like rabbit season, duck season games with it. Yeah. Uh, Virginia's legislature's Joint Commission on Cannabis Oversight voted to recommend speeding up their recreational sales. Uh, If it's approved by the full House and Senate, dispensaries could start selling recreational weed on January 1st, 2023. Otherwise, it will have to wait until January 2024. We wondered why they were putting such a late date on implementing legalization when they passed their law but right here they are hey uh, maybe we can do it a little sooner four years let's hope so yeah four years surprising yeah you figure they'd run it run the clock out on it now uh into my international waters berlin's public transit authority is selling edible hemp infused tickets to help riders relax this christmas season oh boy um (laughs) but it's not it's not intoxicating at all you know it's not uh thc it's just Infused with hemp oil from seeds. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not even got CBD in it. It's just, just hemp oil little, from seeds. A little protein, maybe. And um, Maybe. But, you know, it's just kind of a fun example of how hemp and weed are being normalized. Sure. Um, And they had a really fun ad, but it was not in English, so I couldn't clip it. But it showed, like, a bus driver walking through a hemp field and... um hanging some to dry in a can of bus and then like riders eating their ticket and one dude is like <laughs> starts levitating on the bus in meditation <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but um just uh to be advised if you nibble on or eat your ticket uh wait till your journey is completed because the ticket is no longer valid if it has a bite taken out of it oh for crying out loud <laughs> don't put it in the commercial then man i know you know lead know. people astray yeah. And some news from Stars and Stripes. A South Korean judge has spared two United States service members who brought weed into the country. They will not have to serve any prison time over there. Uh, would have been charged with two and a half to three year sentences. Um, otherwise, um, they were indicted on charges of violating South Korea, Korea's Narcotics Control Act, um, which was passed. Or let's see, the country passed... Uh, medical use legislation in 2018, uh, but bans recreational use. So the service members were able to argue their way out of this with their personal use. One guy brought four cartridges of concentrate, 30 gelatin substances, um, and bath products, uh, citing Ooh. depression and insomnia. I could use a bath product. <laughs> yeah, it sounds nice. Sounds nice. Got a little bit of chest phlegm going on, you know? Yeah, bath ritual with the solstice. Clean up time. Not a bad idea. That's right. You know what else isn't a bad idea? What's that? Picking it up with some merry metal moments right now. Oh, heck yeah, heck yeah. You know we always got the Reverend Cyber Trucker's metal moment to uh, get us really in the mood. In the mood. Here it is. All right, Kenny, you ready? Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Dude, we gotta get this shit started or else. 
Oh, I'm real scared. What are you going to do? File me out? How about I just stop ordering bacon with my cheeseburger? Yeah, I thought that might get your attention. In the bowl and in the morning, this here is the Reverend Cybertrucker with this week's Christmas Metal Moment. Gary Hoey has a collection of 21 albums, and it's no wonder he's listed as one of the top 100 guitarists of all time. He's played with the likes of Ozzy Osbourne and has put out three different Christmas albums, which are staples in most radio stations, at least the rock ones anyways. And Deck the Halls is probably one of the best ones out there. So enjoy this, and don't forget to go listen to the rest of it on YouTube. Fa-la-la-la-la. Those halls are decked. Bringing the melt, the face-melting heat, man. Thank you, Reverend Cyber Trucker, as always. Yeah, thanks, Rev. You rock. Rocking. Rocking around that Christmas tree, man. Are you getting into more of those messy uh, bear gummies? Oh, yeah. I'm messing them up. They're really good. They are good. The elderberry. Elderberry. Yummy. And I really like the texture of them, too. True gummy. Not like the fake shit you get at the store, you know. Yeah, it's true uh, grass-fed beef gelatin, man. Don't mess around. It's thick. You know what else is thick? This caller. For our voicemail line. You too can be a voicemail caller. All you gotta do is call 816-607-3663 like this man did. LSD. I guess it'd be lysergic acid diethylamide or something. Something. Uh, uh. Caller, are you trying to flash our audience back? That's a good move. That's a good move. This next caller makes nothing but good moves. I don't have time for this bullshit. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, maybe you do because I'm calling in. Uh, so, so, um, I think maybe this is, I don't know if this is the first time I've ever experienced deja vu, but it's one that uh, that came to mind recently. So um, this is the first time I had actually left the country. Uh, this was back in 1999. I went to uh, went to England um, for three weeks for work. And, um, and I remember walking around, you know, just somewhere in London. I don't even remember exactly where at this point, but um, it was... Uh, it, it, so, you know, again, this is, you know, again, my first out of out of country experience and, you know, the, you know, 
a lot of odd things about you know about the UK, but a lot of things that are similar. Yeah, the driving on the other side of the road things kind of uh, you know kind of boggles the mind a little bit, but you know neither here nor there. Um, but what I uh, but what I remember is this odd feeling at some point that I was home. Now I don't know I don't know enough about my own family history to know if you know if I was ever in England at some point. Uh, if I if I uh, my maternal um, grandfather, if I trace that back, it goes into Germany um, in, the, in the 1700s, as far back I think as the genealogy goes. But, um, but yeah, I think there's a you know this, this um, you know I guess that's the first time, and it's just it's just one of those uh, just one of those things um, that uh, yeah that I've that I've had to uh, uh, or that I've that I've gotten to experience. But yeah, that's, I don't know that I had like this crazy weird deja vu thing, but that's uh, that's that's what it is. Dick, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> Trippy. Yeah, I've, I've uh, been in situations where, like, when you're very first waking up and you're not in the place you normally sleep and you think you are, and then you, like, open your eyes and, like, things don't look right, but you still are oriented in your head, like, okay, well, that's my wall and this is this way. And sometimes you got to, like, sit up even and look around before you're like, oh, yeah, shit. We're in a hotel or, you know, we're wherever. Yeah. But that feeling of home and familiarness with a place you may or may not have ever been to in this lifetime or previous ones. Yeah, I felt that. Pacific Northwest was like that for me. Yeah. Magical. Magical. This next caller is nothing but magical. Mm, well, I haven't had it yet, but I will. Okay. I will shortly. Good. So that works. Awesome. That counts, right? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm standing at the window here, looking out at the waning, luminescent moon. Yeah, the bright one. Clouds are passing quickly through the sky. In the bowl. In, In the, the bowl. bowl. Good evening. I must commend you and applaud you. Oh, clap, clap, shucks. Clap, 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 clap. clap. Clap, 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 for an outstanding episode with MoFax. Holy shit. Thank you. Damn. You really, you really brought yourselves the best of yourselves. They had a great goddamn time. delivered in the way that you do your heart and soul. And uh, it was, it was wonderful. It really was to hear you on with Mo. You're a perfect fit, you three. Wow, thank you. To, uh... It was natural. To... <laughs> no, you know what? That would be three buds in the bowl. <laughs> Triple threat. Yeah. Three buds in the bowl. Trifecta. And, uh, oh, so befitting. Oh, so simpatico. Simpatico. So I don't remember the the very first time that I had a deja vu experience. Which time do I have? All right, one minute. However, what I do remember, what I do want to relay is when I have um, had, there's varying levels of deja vu that I've experienced. And um, they, the ones that really stand out to me come over me like a wave of lucidity. And they always um, call me to alert. And, you know, they alert me. It's very, it's very obvious. It's, it's very visceral when I feel it, and it, it does feel amazing. I've got like uh, forty seconds. 
it does feel amazing to me. Literally leaves me in awe um, and amazement. It feels like I'm transported through time, you know. Like, whoa, I've experienced this before. I know that I have. Yeah. Usually it's because I've dreamt it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. 20 seconds, maybe. It's usually because it's something that I dreamt, and I can feel it, and I can recall dreaming it for however many years ago when I'm in a situation that I dreamt of. And that just goes to show me I'm on the right path. That's what I feel like. I feel like it's the universe telling me I'm on the right path. I love you. In the bowl. In the bowl. We in love you, Corkass. Yeah, we love you. Beautiful ending. Nailed the timing. Yeah. <clears throat> it's funny because I was thinking about what can I talk about the first time I ever had deja vu. I feel like part of the nature of it is like a trick question. You know, the first time you have deja vu is like the second, the second time, time of you... an experience. Yeah. And I'm right exactly with Corecast. Like even I, I had to be before even kindergarten when I had deja vu for the first time, you know, I was like super, super, super young, but that was the same, uh, conclusion I came to was like, I dreamed this happened and it's like, I can't even put my finger on exact moments or like what happened or what was said. It'll just be like, it starts with being in the right place and the right things are going on. Like you're in the right setting and you're like, wait, I recognize this. And then somebody says something and, like, in your brain, word for word, you're, like, thinking it as they say it, like, because you already know what's going to happen, or you feel like you already, I've heard this before. That's how it kind of feels like to me. And I don't really get that that often. I can't even remember the last time that I had, like, a serious deja vu thing. I feel like it used to happen a lot more when I was younger. But, uh, I don't know. I wish I had more detail in my first deja vu. Perhaps this next caller has more detail. Hello, Bowler. Hello. So, calling in for the F-Tie. First time I, I experienced deja vu. Well, I've experienced it on numerous occasions, but the one that comes to mind most prominently was when I was a young girl uh, in my hometown, and there was a house that was at the end of a little cut-across road that we used to take, and I asked my mom one day if I had ever been in that house, and she's like, not that I remember, why? And I was like, well, I can tell you the entire layout of that house, and she's like, what? So I told her, and she was like, there's no way that you could have known that because you've never been in that house. I'm like, well, that's why I asked you if I ever had, because, yeah, for whatever reason, when we drove by that house, I had the most familiar feeling, like I had been inside there before, like in another life or something. I don't know. But that was Spooky. the first time I ever remember experiencing a bout of deja vu. I'm not sure if that really counts. But it's what I've got. And shameless plug, don't forget to listen to the Lotus Podcast, 5 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Maybe it's 2 p.m. Pacific. All I know is there's three hours difference, and it's on Saturday nights. With me, Phoenix, 
And, of course, the one and only phone boy. In the bowl, y'all. In the Bye. bowl. Take it easy. In the bowl. Yeah. 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific. Saturdays. Saturdays, I'm confused. Right on. Yeah, that's, that's spoopy. You know exactly the layout of the house. You know everything that's going on, even though you've never been there. This caller has been there. Trust me. Hey, bowlers, bowlerinas, bowleritos. Hola. I want to tell you about the first time I experienced deja vu. Let me hit this joint first. Uh, hey, bowlers, bowlerinas, bowleritos. Let me tell you about the first time I experienced deja vu. Hold on. Let me hit this joint, though. Got to relight it. (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) Hey, bowlers. Hey, color. Bowlerinas. Bowleritos. Let me tell you about the first time. I experienced deja vu. Hold on. Hold on, this joint is going to me at first. Hold on. <laughs> hey, bowlers. Bowlerinas. Bowleritos. Let me tell you about uh, <laughs> the first time I experienced deja vu. Oh, first let's roll a joint, though. I'll call back. Okay. <laughs> okay, call. <laughs> oh. Wow, well, you remember when I said I can't remember the last time I actually experienced deja vu. Oh, yeah, there it is. I remember. I feel like I've heard that voicemail before. Deja freaking vu. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. Well, it's, it's a brand new one, 8.51 p.m. tonight, so... I'm not crazy. Google Voice is crazy. We'll blame it on Google Voice. The weed has taken enough blame tonight. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe I'll blame it on this next caller. Who knows? You never know in the bowl. Bowl after bowls. This is Sir Scandinavian. I have had vuja day, not deja vu. Oh. Vuja day. Like the feeling like none of this has ever happened before. Ah. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Sir Scandinavian, welcome to the bowl. For the very first time. Feels like the first time. Vujade. I like that. Vujade, Vujade. Hey. Interesting. Well, you remember the uh, first time you ever had the I do. Vujade well, deja vu? Okay, I remember the first time that I remember that I had deja vu. Okay. Uh, you know, I might have experienced it sooner, but this one stands out in my memory. And it was preschool, so it's pretty early on. Uh, and like Quirkes was saying... I feel as though I saw the moment in a dream first. Yeah. And then it was just being, like you said, in the right place, in the right, like, things were being said and going on. Uh, But what this was, was everyone sitting around and we were playing with one of those, (laughs) like, rainbow colored, uh, what are they called? I don't know. They're like a a tent almost. And everyone, they're a circle shape. Everyone holds the... 
edge of it and you like lift it up and then a kid would like run under it. They were uh, like primary colors, yeah, I think. The big parachute. Thing, yeah, the yeah. parachute. That's yeah. It's yeah. Like, I guess you call it a parachute. Wouldn't yep. it save you if you're falling from a plane? But uh, yeah, the big rainbow or primary color parachute. Yep. And so my deja vu was when the parachute was lifting up, and I looked at my friends underneath it, sitting across from me, and it was my turn to run through. And so, like, <laughs> the moment happened and I ran, but in my head I was, like, frozen. I was like, uh-huh. uh, I definitely saw this in my dream. Is something really bad about to happen? Definitely been here before. Definitely experienced this already. But nothing bad happened. Everything was just normal. Weird. It was weird. They're always very mundane experiences. Yeah. When I have deja vu. It's nothing, like, traumatic or yeah. crazy happening. It's just, like... A moment in time that yep. you've somehow seen before. Yeah, that is strange, isn't it? Or felt familiar with. Yeah, it's real strange. Freaky deaky world. Freaky deaky life. We did get uh, one text in on the text line. ITM, Sir Chachi here. Great episode with Mo. What a powwow. Well, thank you, Sir Chachi. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah, we had a lot of great feedback on the Mo episode, so we appreciate that from y'all. And we appreciate, of course, this next caller, one of our executive producers. I was uh, I was sitting around thinking if you guys have had this as a topic before. <laughs> Maybe. And how I'll be like the 10th person that has made this joke by the time you get to my email. Uh-oh. So it'll probably won't kill. Well, I'll just skip your email then. But, uh... Yeah, I um, a couple different instances where I've had uh, deja vu. Um, one bad. Uh, I got into a car accident with a buddy, and it had almost seemed like I'd gotten into that same car accident again. No big deal. I like bumped uh, like an elbow, hit the seatbelt on. Airbags didn't go off. Well, my airbag didn't go off. His did. Um, but he was pretty much fine, just a little bit of uh, marks on his face. Um, but, uh, yeah, it felt like the whole thing, just like the whole situation had happened before. I somehow dreamed about it. Um, and then the other time was... Uh, when I got a new car and uh, I was driving with the car and almost avoided an well, I avoided an accident and I had almost had that exact same dream like two weeks before that, but with the last vehicle and it was almost like the same situation. Ooh. It was with the vehicle that I got rid of and got this new car. So it's kind of, kind of bizarre. Um, but other than that, I can't think of the first time I've ever had deja vu. But I know a lot of times I've had it, but it's just like they sometimes they stand out and sometimes they don't. Yep. Um, a couple times I've had them where I like dating a girl, and it's kind of like seems familiar, vaguely familiar. <laughs> and you just hope that it's not a well, this is going to end badly situation. <laughs> yeah. In the boat. In the bowl. In the bowl. Ooh, a car wreck deja vu would be really weird. I mean, car yeah. wrecks already are kind of weird. 
Yeah. Just how they happen. They're all surreal, and the time thing is kind of weird and weird. And yeah. Weird. weird, weird. When you're adrenaline, uh, adrenaline high. <laughs> that seems like a good F tie uh, for next week because that's on our list. Yes, it is. First time ever. Was in a car wreck. Yeah. Um, yeah, but color. I don't. We might have had this topic before, but I don't. I don't recall if we if we did. I don't recall it. I do recall uh, that this caller called in again for another call. Oh, and I forgot Merry Christmas, even though I wish you a Merry Christmas donation and Merry Christmas in the chat room. Uh, I want to say Merry Christmas. So. Merry Christmas, Boulder! <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! We're saying Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Oh, that's wonderful. Merry Christmas, then, then. In the jolly white north up there. Merry Christmas, sir. They're having a white Christmas for sure. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about that. Probably weird to not have one. Yeah. Uh, this next caller can attest. Mm, in the bowl. In Abby the bowl. kicked my ass last night. I'm just fucking wasted, exhausted. But uh, I've been thinking about this question. First time I ever experienced deja vu for a good portion of today. And... It's just one of those things that happens with such frequency that I can't even begin to tell you the first time. And a lot of the, most of the, not all the time, it's a little minor stuff, like yep. feeling present for a conversation that you feel like you've already had before. But there's been some times I'm like, holy fucking shit, I'm, I'm freaking out, not in a bad way, not in a good way, but just like, no, I, I like, I know exactly what's going to fucking happen next and just, Little weird shit, but you know that's kind of few and far in between. I uh, hope that's a satisfactory answer. Merry Christmas to you all, and uh, smoke on, smoke on, Rooney, smoke on. Merry Christmas, boobs. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be a big consistent consensus. Is that uh, just like a minor thing, you know? That'll happen. Comes back around, and you're like. It is. It's like somebody talking to you or maybe sometimes even like radio ad or something that like it's new but you feel like you've heard it or uh, sometimes it can just be a sequence like a sequence of people walking by or yeah. like a sequence of somebody drops something like off of a counter in a public store or something and you're like wait a second. And then you feel your pupils like get real big. <laughs> yeah. Like you're saying, like not necessarily good or bad, but definitely freaking out. Like, like, blah, 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 blah. That's the one. Yeah. That's what I hear when, uh, whenever this next caller calls. Hey, bowlers. Hey. Uh, hey. First time I ever deja vu'd or yeah. experienced deja vu. The vu vu. Uh, let's define the deja vu. I think it's more of a, congruity or synchronicity if you will sure uh like things are how they should be kind of thing um i like john fletcher have also found myself dreaming of being at work for whatever the hell reason and uh yeah then it just happens to come to be uh not like that knee high 
multi-limbed uh, alien wobbling with like 30 priapisms or anything, but uh, smelling of the sewer. <laughs> anyway, no, but that never happened. Um, yeah, but in my youth and in my adult life, yeah, weird uh, deja vu, as they are, or we call them. So, yeah, how would you define it? I'll take my answer on the air. <laughs> Adios. 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 Well, that's an interesting point and an interesting question because, you know, we've talked a little bit about some of the qualifiers of it. Um, and a lot of it comes back to dreams and past dreams. And one of my least favorite dreams that I have, that I still have sometimes to this day, is being back in high school. Uh. And you're at school. Sometimes I'm at an assembly, sometimes, but most times. I'm just walking the halls during passing period, and I don't know what fucking period it is. I don't know what my class schedule is, but I'm kind of piecing together, like, some of the teachers I definitely have, and then I'm just trying to remember, like, okay, is it Wednesday? Is it Thursday? Did I do any homework for anything? Is it worth going to this (laughs) next class? Where is this next class? And, like, I go through a bunch of these different wonder things, right? Like, in sort of a like a dull panic or like an exhausted panic. But then it always comes down to fuck. I thought I already grabbed, like I, I was supposed to be done with this shit. I thought I was done with this shit. And now I'm back in high school. Like it always ends in frustration for me of like, I can't believe I thought I graduated. I thought I wouldn't have to do any of this dumb shit anymore. Oh, I hate those dreams. I have school dreams uh, is the most frequently uh, occurring dreams that I hate having. Yeah. For sure. It's always in school. And it's the same. I don't know what time it is, what period it is, where I'm going. I'm already tardy. And people yep. are saying, telling me, like, oh, you're late. I'm like, wow, thanks, Captain Obvious. You're trying to, like, calculate and what grade you might have. It's like my backpack is empty. I'm like, oh, great. I don't even <laughs> have a pencil or a notebook. Yep. What? And then you're like, okay, well, just go to the office. Go to the office and they can print your schedule out. And then you're like trying to find all the classrooms because in my dreams, it is my high school, but it's not my high yep. school. Yeah, <laughs> I have that same thing. And, uh, and sometimes it's like you're walking on the uh, a treadmill and it's the hallway. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, well, I'm at 303 and forever. I need to get to 305. <laughs> um, but when I worked at a cube farm, when I was working at a giant law firm, um, I had work dreams all the time and that is the biggest energy suck, the energy drain. It's just like you wake up and then you actually have to do it all over again. That's the worst. I will that say the I, worst. I used to have uh jazz mares when I worked at jazz too. Oh yeah. But that was just a specific period in time. But when I was a waiter at this Cajun restaurant jazz, I'd be asleep dreaming that I'm working tables. <laughs> Dreaming that I'm getting my absolute ass kicked and I'm behind and I got to p- give people drinks and people are like looking around and I'm just like, oh, Jesus, like I'm I'm just getting my, I'm just getting the absolute crap kicked out of me. And then kind of right when it's just about to be unbearable, like I can't go on anymore, I wake up and look at the clock and you got to be like getting ready for work in a couple hours. Yeah, and you don't even get to keep those tips you earned in your dream. Exactly. Hustling for those tips. Oh, that's the worst. You're just like, man, I didn't get paid for that. (laughs) 
I just spent like eight hours at work. You're supposed to like rest and rejuvenate oh. when you're asleep, but no, no, no. Yeah, no, no, it's no bueno. But did we define deja vu? I like the like sequences that you've witnessed before in a dream yeah, or... My, my favorite and what I always at my core feel when I experience deja vu is I've dreamed this before. For me, it's broader. It's I've seen this before. Maybe it was a waking dream. I'm not sure when the images were uh, placed into my mind's eye, but they're there. They're there. They're there. And this next color is here. Uh, let's see. Deja vu. I can't really say that I've ever experienced deja vu before. I mean, just, I know what it is and everything, but I, I can't really say that I've ever experienced it before. But, you know, then again, I spend most of my time driving. You know, like yesterday, I spent all day driving. Today, I spent all day driving. And tomorrow, I'm going to spend all day. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> made a career out of deja vu man i swear i drove past that 420 mile marker already hey what's the deal oz tunan in the chat says already seen it also means i meet with you ah so you're closer than me of the deja vu uh true definition let's say if you can call it true of a definition but you can't this next caller can. I know. I think I heard the question wrong because it's the first time you went to Deja Vu's, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, well, we were close to the airport one time. And, nice. Uh, decided to go in and uh, enjoy a little bit of Deja Vu, which um, I believe is a chain, but uh, they were uh, a totally nude strip club. Uh, no alcohol in our state, though. Woo! do that but i think they changed them all to where they the ladies keep the bottoms on now ah. so um i don't i think that's the one and only time that i went to a deja vu strip club which i think are chains all over the freaking place because i've seen deja vu down in like florida and it's got the same like logo and everything huh in the boat in the bowl in the bowl we had a deja vu in columbia but it was like a nightclub slash comedy club yeah comedy club we saw doug stanhope there yes and we were like uh and yeah they had the whole dance club thing going on don't you want to see me naked yeah <laughs> ah that's everywhere we go <laughs> can i take my clothes off yet is it all right yeah yeah especially in the bowl yeah clothing's optional this next caller's not. Bowlers. Happy solstice. Yes, Merry happy Christmas. solstice. Merry Good Christmas to, be back to you. With you guys in the bowl. Circus welcome, media welcome. Here. Circus media. Calling about the first time I ever had deja vu. Uh, thinking about it, I think the first time I can recall experiencing that phenomenon was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in fourth grade. And we were taking some sort of standardized test, you know, filling out the bubble. Oh, yeah. Yep, my favorite. And I, I distinctly recall getting partway through the test, maybe like 12 or 15 questions, and deja vu just hit and it was super uncanny. Uh, I don't remember, I don't 
think I really remembered like any of the answers to the questions. It seemed like I had had a dream that was exactly like that moment before. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't think I got any useful insight as to the right answers or, or even if I remembered what answers I had marked, who's to say that the right answer, you know? So that was probably the first time I had the deja vu. Uh, but another weird time, and this might have actually been before then, but I had a weird precog event is the only way I can describe it. Ooh. But it really is more deja vu because it was it was the feeling of dread about going skiing with my best friend. I think that was in the third grade. I grew up on the ski hill. I am. Love skiing, love doing it, hanging out with my friend. As far as I can tell, there's no reason why I would be opposed to going skiing that day. We planned it. Uh, but the day came. Um, my parents got me up, getting me ready to go. And I was just had this abject terror of going skiing. Wow. And there's no rational reason for it. But I often wonder what would have happened. Something bad would have happened to me if I'd gone skiing that day. But I didn't. I'm here, live to tell about it. Awesome. And so I'm coming at you here from Bozeman, Montana, saying have a very happy Christmas to all the bowlers out there in the bowl. In the bowl. Happy in the Christmas. Bowl. Yeah, you got to listen to your intuition. Yeah. Especially when it's loud. How can you not listen to it? It's just like, okay, all I right. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Something is uh, in the air. Don't I don't question know. question the gut, man. Yeah. The gut's why you're around. Why this next caller's around for sure. Hey, bowlers. Hey, hey. Hey. Sitting here waiting for my Elvis at the movie theater. Very Thought nice. I'd uh, call in. Wish you guys a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I, uh, I can't remember the last time I had deja vu, but I'm sure it was frequent because, you know, I don't remember things so well. In the bowl, guys. In the bowl. In the bowl. Yeah, I know that. I have that problem sometimes. Yeah, I don't remember things so well a lot of the time. Pause. <laughs> does a healthy uh, inbox, bowlers. Thank you for the calls. Yes. Weighing in on that deja vu, uh, which has never been a topic before, as far as I can remember. And uh, that means there's only one thing left. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Let's go bowling. So this week in Montana... A woman was charged with indecent exposure to a minor. Ah. Oh. Uh, her name happens to be Linda Big Beaver. <laughs> okay. Can't make this shit up. Linda Big Beaver tried to fight a lady who was waiting for her son to get out of a fitness class. It's like a Primus song. <laughs> it's like a Primus song in real life. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it might be a Primus song. <laughs> I would get deja vu. Uh, and uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, she started picking a fight with this lady who was waiting with her daughter for her son and her husband to get out of a fitness class. And so the uh, the lady got in her car to get away from the big beaver <laughs> and uh, yelled at her to go away because there were kids all around. You know, they're coming out of this gym or whatever. Yeah. So she pulled out her phone to call the cops and big beaver ran across the street to pull her shirt down and flash her tits to the woman and her daughter in the car and everyone else who's watching. Because obviously, you pull your tits out, a lot of people are going to start watching. Did you see her breasts? Around that time, 
the caller's husband and son were coming out of class and saw the lady and claimed that she pulled her pants down to her knees and was just, you know, flashing all over the place, left and right, to and fro. Oh, boy. And other kids uh, in the class saw it. So, yeah. Can't do that. Can't be doing that. Even if your last name's Big Beaver. Especially. Yeah. It was almost her destiny, I guess. Yes. You might say it was. (laughs) Oh, I don't know if you saw this story, but uh, the U.S. and Major League Quidditch corporations or whatever (laughs) have announced that they will be renaming the sport because they want to distance themselves from J.K. Rowling's anti-trans stance. And also, I guess uh, Warner Brothers has copyright over the name Quidditch, which has caused some trouble for them. But, uh, yeah, I remember watching kids play Quidditch. Yeah, you gotta walk around all non-flying brooms. There's a broom between your nuts. and Yeah, that was in college the first time I saw it. And uh, they're looking for new names. And I uh, think it's kind of like somewhere, the way that it's played, uh, not in the Harry Potter book series, but uh, in reality here, if we can call it that. (laughs) In Clown Uh, World. It's sort of like uh, field hockey mixed with soccer. And so I just propose the name Socky. The Socky teams. I think they should call it Tranny Ball. Tranny Ball. Well, you know, they might because... um, in their little press release that they issued jointly, they mentioned that they have a gender maximum rule, which stipulates a team may not have more than four players of the same gender on the field at a time. Gender maximum rule. The new one. Well, that's easy to game. Yes, right. Because of what are genders? Male or female. Ar- but then anything yeah. you want to put in the box. What you feel like <laughs> at the given time. Yeah. Yeah, well. It's a spectrum, man. Yeah. They're I, basically saying, I mean, you could have a team of of a lot of genders, right? And they're like 80, infinite. 80 plus. Well, we could create a new one every day. Yeah. And they would have to include it, right? If it's tranny ball, you have to include it, yes. That's yes. correct. Uh, so what you're saying is the rules don't matter. The rule is that uh they only apply to uh to the patriarchy and white dudes in general. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Even though that's not even true. <laughs> I did no, I know. Um I decided to look up what stirred this whole uh ooh, the JK Rowling doesn't like trannies um thing. And I came to her tweets, which started as her simply responding to an op-ed um, yep. about, it, it used the term people who menstruate, and it wanted to create a more equal post-COVID-19 yeah. world for people who menstruate. That's the headline. Um, well, and so she tweeted, quote, people who menstruate, I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. Wombin, wimpened, woomid. And that was it. That was the tweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, she like kicked it off lately with the new one because oh yeah of more legislation over there. Basically, I don't remember the specifics, but it boiled down to like 
oh, you can be raped by a penis individual who was a woman. Like, <laughs> oh my. It's, uh, yeah. That's what happens when you live in the honking. The honking. Hong Kong, motherfucker. Hong Kong, indeed. Yeah, just crazy. Oh, it's like uh, the lady who created this whole concept of the game you're playing, and now you're just like, ah, we don't, uh, we can't affiliate with her. Like, okay, all right, take all the Harry Potter terms out of the game then. If you're gonna change the name. I mean, not that they could play actual Quidditch for what it should be. Well, yeah. But anyway, anyway, moving on. Uh, researchers have captured footage of a rare deep sea fish that has a translucent head. Nice. Yeah, I'll post the video in the bowl. Um, it's actually the Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute. Once again, we talked about them on Bowl After Bowl episode 119, Take and Toss, uh, when they found the giant phantom jellyfish with 33-foot-long mouth arms. Yeah, they're so, always finding the rare shit, man. They've got quality video, a 55-second video of this fish um, captured between 2,000 and 2,600 feet beneath the ocean's surface. Uh, it's called the barrel eye fish. And they have encountered it nine times out of their 5,600 dives. Uh, and uh, it looked big in the video, but I guess it's just zoomed in because this fish can grow up to six inches in length. Oh. Yeah, yeah. a little dude. But um, so it's got a see-through head and it's uh, the tip of its tail is see-through. And then its eyes are these glowing green orbs. And they're looking up, straight up above uh, its head. Because yeah. uh, it's, you know, looking for prey. And so I guess when it goes to eat, it can rotate its eyes. But it's just so bizarre because you can just see the whole eyeball. Yeah, the whole orb. And, um, yeah. This fish was first described in 1939. And it's found in waters from the Bering Sea to Japan and Baja, California. Weird. Pretty weird, pretty cool. Uh, so in Australia, a woman is buying adult diapers for her one-year-old son. Because he already weighs 36 pounds. Holy God. Yeah. Uh, at birth, the boy weighed over nine pounds, which is pretty large for a baby. And, uh... Doctors were concerned she had gestational diabetes and tested her four times for it, and she didn't. Um, he was just a big baby, measuring a week or two bigger throughout the whole pregnancy. And I guess she was, like, losing weight during the pregnancy. Um, but anyway. He was just sucking it all up. Just Yeah, exactly. She says it's not a surprise to her because his dad is, in her words, a big, solid Russian <laughs> and their eldest son is also was also over nine pounds at birth, but I'm sure he wasn't thirty six pounds a a year. Oof! That's our two year old is not even thirty six pounds. No, she's like thirty three or thirty four pounds. <laughs> crazy, a big baby. Also crazy was all this uh big trash that got pulled out of a sixty foot sinkhole in Missouri. Three and a Whoa. half tons of trash. Yeah, this was done by volunteers, cavers, and Boy Scouts in just a single day. Ah! 
Yeah, smashing that trash. They got a... This was in St. Genevieve County in southeast Missouri, about 60 miles south of St. Louis. And the name might sound familiar because that's where the dinosaur fossils were discovered and rediscovered, which we discussed on episode 117. Ah, yes. On the lanes. That's the cool Um, thing about a sinkhole is like... You don't have to be like, oh, I wonder what's under here. Let's dig. It's just the earth opens up and then you can look around. Yeah. It's pretty cool. They good, say <laughs> a good way to find shit. The dissolving bedrock has formed sinkholes, springs, and caves. But um, in the trash that they removed, there were 250 discarded tires. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just throw this in that sinkhole. <laughs> but good on them for getting it out, cleaning it up. And good on the concerned citizen who called the Department of Conservation here in the Show Me State, and reported a sick bald bald eagle that they uh, rescued from Smithville Lake. Oh, nice. Not far away. Yeah, this bird was in rough shape. Uh, They posted a picture of it, and it's just, it's looking bad. Um, But it was taken to a local vet and got x-rays, and so there were no uh, shotgun injuries or broken wings. Um... They're running blood tests to see if it's lead poisoning or a bacterial infection. Uh, and they talked about how if eagles uh, go to eat gut piles or unrecovered deer that are contaminated with spent ammunition, that can get to them. Because a fragment of lead the size of a grain of rice is all it takes to kill an eagle. Dang. And uh, this eagle will be taken for rehabilitation. So, should be in good hands. But, bummer. Speedy recovery, Mr. Eagle. Yeah. And, uh, happy trails to this eagle. A stellar sea eagle, native to Asia, was discovered in Massachusetts for the first time this week. They found it on the Taunton River, very far away from home. Uh, no one knows how it got there. I mean, my first thought was someone had it as a pet. And it got out, or they let it out, or something. But um, they've uh, there's been sightings of a stellar sea eagle in other places where it doesn't belong, like Alaska and Canada, and even Texas, uh, with sightings starting in August 2020. So bird watchers are wondering if it's the same eagle who's just completely lost, maybe had been thrown off course by weather. And uh, yeah, will he ever make it home? Will he ever see another of his kind? I believe he will. You just gotta believe he will. You just gotta believe. Send him that, uh, finding his way home karma. Well, in 2014, there was a discovery in Scotland of a Viking-aged gold-wrapped jar, which was crafted out of rock crystal, and it was wrapped in a textile covering that had been pretty much fossilized around it, so they only saw a piece of it. But, um, it's currently in the hands of a museum and they were able to remove the textile and see the rest of this jar which had an inscription on it which simply read in latin bishop highgold had me had me made oh so uh yeah uh they're still questioning where it was made uh, and they say that the gold work is Unlike anything seen in normal Anglo-Saxon goldwork, 
according to the senior curator for the National Museum Scotland Medieval and Viking Collections, they're estimating it's older than 900 A.D. And uh, their theory they've got right now is that a notable individual from the Roman Empire gifted it to the Anglo-Saxons in the form of a Corinthian-style crystal column used for holding perfume or liquids of great value before it was converted into a jar and plated with gold. Hmm. We'll say. Interesting. Whoa. That was a turkey. <laughs> turkey the, on the lanes. The Rev just sent me a... It's a turkey. It's for when we get a turkey. Yeah, that's a great one. I love hearing that. I'll have to adjust the uh, volume. <laughs> gobble, gobble. <laughs> it had a little bit left in there. Uh, Beautiful. Thank you, Rev. Yeah, thanks, Rev. Not for the Rev. A Welsh woman bought a wooden globe for 199 bucks at an antique fair. Are you sure it wasn't an orb? <laughs> an orb of the world. That she could ponder? Well, she pondered it for sure. And then she took it to a free valuation that was being held at an auction house, and they were able to auction it off for 770 times the 200 bucks she paid for it. Whoa! Yeah. Uh, it appears to have been made around 1550 to 1560. So, yep, uh... It might be the earliest made globe ever offered at an auction, too. That's an orb I'd like to ponder. Yeah, they're trying to figure out how it hit the market. Um, it has, on its maps of the ocean, they drew sea monsters, and Australia was not on it. And over North America, it says in Latin, conquered in 1530. Huh. Yeah, so... Interesting stuff. The uh, the researchers looking at it did have one discovery that it was once in the hands of a major Edward Croft Murray, who was a former keeper of prints and drawings at the British Museum. He died in 1980. And, uh, he was among the Monuments Men during World War II, a special group of American and British art historians who fought to preserve historic cultural artifacts from the Nazis. Nice. And my final story tonight is about a porch pirate. Uh-oh. Who happened to be a pooch. And there were a bunch of packages on this porch, but this dog sniffed out the one that was 10 pounds of milk bones and carried them away. Oh, my God. That dog knew. And the dog lives a quarter mile away. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, in a fenced-in yard, so the owner was looking for her. Bonus. See? She sniffed at those milk bones from a quarter mile away. That is very impressive. And and the dog, it's a husky. It struggles to pick up a 10-pound box, uh, you know, for a minute, but then gets a good grasp on it and is just off. Out of sight. Because, of course, the homeowner has a Ring security camera of yeah. some sort. Yeah. So, yeah, that pooch uh, is having a Merry Christmas. That's for sure. That was probably a nice surprise. No doubt. Poppy presents. 
Well, hey, thanks for hanging out, everybody, on this Tuesday. Always nice to have you. We wish you a very Merry Christmas. Hope you enjoy your holiday weekend. I've been Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I've been Dame DeLorean. Until next Token Tuesday, may your bowls burn ever brighter. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Smoke weed every day. Spark one up. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City, Dame DeLorean. Rock on. Smoke on. Mwah.